What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast. We are an independent Star Trek podcast where we talk about Star Trek and we just hang out for a little bit. So feel free to join us. I'm David Majors. I'm joined by my co-host, Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What is up, David? You know, it was so wonderful to see you last weekend. I just want to start Likewise. saying that. Likewise, so Heather. We you last weekend. Likewise, uh, we did hang out at GalaxyCon in Heather's hometown of Columbus, Ohio, and it was a good time. For me, it was a great time. I spent some money. I met some celebrities. There was a lot of Star Trek celebrities there, a lot of, lot of Star Trek representation, and there were a lot of Trekkies at this convention, Heather. It was really awesome. Yeah, like I... I... I enjoyed going to Chicago because uh, that was my first like major Star Trek convention. But honestly, I love cons like Galaxy Con because ultimately I'm a fan of a lot of things. So I love getting to celebrate many different things that I love throughout the convention weekend, not just one thing. So, like, I got to celebrate my love of Star Trek. I got to celebrate my love of Doctor Who. I got to meet my two favorite characters from Legends of Tomorrow, or two favorite actors that played my favorite characters on Legends of Tomorrow. Like, it, it, it was awesome. And so yeah. I, got, I got to celebrate a lot of things, not just Star Trek last weekend. That's the best part. As did life. I. I got to celebrate my Star Trek fandom. I met Terry Farrell from Deep Space Nine. I got to celebrate my wrestling fandom. I got to meet my favorite female wrestler ever, Leva Bates, and Speedball Mike Bailey. And I got a gift for my sister. Uh, I bought her a Batleth because my sister is the, the Klingon fan in the family. We're a family of Trekkies, and she's the big Klingon fan. So when I saw this Batleth, I knew I had to get it for her, and I could pass on it. And I gave it to her earlier today before we recorded, and I got the impression that she really, really likes it. So I'm happy. It's the season of giving, and I felt like that was the right time to give a gift that I thought my sister would like. And like you said, Heather, it was a great weekend to celebrate all of our fandoms, and we got to see some of our friends, too, from other podcasts and everything. Yes, yes, that that was wonderful as well, and I I, I thank them for coming as well. I, I I like sharing a little bit of my city with all of you, so it's a good weekend. And we gorged on meat at a Brazilian steakhouse, and it was great. <laughs> I was I was very very full after we were done. So let's just jump in then. We're, we've done talked about GalaxyCon until upcoming business, which we'll talk about some actual Star Trek news a little bit later. But let's jump in with our old business, the first part of the show. And Heather, this is one that you came up with after some news uh, regarding Michelle Yeoh, uh, Emperor Giorgio from Discovery. So why don't you tell us about it? So uh, as anyone who has listened to this show for a long time knows... Um, I love Emperor Giorgio, but ultimately, I love Michelle Yeoh. She is an icon in every sense of the word. And she was recently named uh, Time Magazine's Icon of the Year, which is fantastic and makes me so happy. But 
it got me to thinking, what would we consider the icons of Star Trek? And, you know, you can define this however you want. It can be an icon, like iconic person who has acted in Star Trek, or it could be a, a, an iconic character or a, an iconic portrayal of a character in Star Trek. There's many different interpretations you can take that, but I can icons of Star Trek. Uh, I will say one, I, I love Michelle Yeoh too. I've loved her old Hong Kong movies uh, when she was a, a Hong Kong martial arts star. I loved her in Super Cop with Jackie Chan, Crouching Tiger, of course, and, and on and on from there. Of course, as Emperor Giorgio. She's she's kind of grown on me as Emperor Giorgio. So, yes. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, congratulations to her. Um, when I was thinking about this, Heather, my my instinct went to the actors and which actors have really made Star Trek. The actors that people even outside of the fandom might think about when it comes to Star Trek uh, in the past and now. And th- those are the ones that I thought of. So I'll give you the list of mine. I'll just run them through really quickly. Leonard Nimoy, Michelle Nichols, William Shatner, Patrick Stewart, Brent Spiner, Colum Meany, Scott Bakula, Sonequa Martin-Green, and Anson Mount. Those are the actors that I think have become icons within the franchise, the Star Trek franchise. Ah, that's a that's an interesting list. Uh, so I I I, I gotta say, why no Jonathan Frakes on that list? Hmm. I think that when I think of Jonathan Frakes, I wonder how much work outside of Star Trek he's known for, and, and how much kind of the regular mainstream public outside of Star Trek fandom recognizes Jonathan Frakes. Uh, he's, he's an actor, he's a director, but the majority of his work was focused within Star Trek. So I guess that's why I might have omitted him. Okay, so you went with a di- I, people who were iconic within Star Trek but made a name for themselves outside of Star Trek. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. Well, I, 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 I went with a different twist on that, and went for someone who I thought was iconic within Star Trek and only Star Trek. And there's okay. only one name on my list, and to me, that is Avery Brooks. Well, okay. I, I, okay. I mean, when I think of someone who really did an iconic performance in Star Trek, and when I try to think of like other things that he's done, I'm going to be honest, I don't know of anything else. I'm sure he's done other things. But 
his performance in Star Trek in Deep Space Nine as Captain Sisko is really iconic and is something worth being remembered for. And so, yeah, that's why you can, (laughs) we both had two different takes from that, which is fine. That's what I was going for. Um, But yeah, no, my, my icon of Star Trek is, is definitely Avery Brooks. I really like that choice a lot. I really, really do. And I thought about putting Avery Brooks on my list, and I left him off for kind of the reason you just mentioned, that you said you don't really know of his outside work. Yeah. And that's kind of why I left him off. Now, I love the pick. I love the selection because his performance and his role is really one of a kind. Um, He was someone that really was a lead character on a show with a large ensemble cast. And he was the anchor for that show. And he really kind of brought it all together, uh, not just as an actor, but also as a director. And I think that's a, that's a really inspired pick. And also, I think to a certain degree, because he's sort of gone into retirement uh, after Star Trek and, and things that he's done afterwards, he, he's gone into retirement. It, it really makes that role that much in higher regard. You hold him and that role in higher regard because since then, Avery Brooks, what we know him as is Benjamin Sisko. And it was a masterwork. And that will absolutely stand the test of time. So I definitely see where the pick comes from, 100%. So I I think that we've got our Star Trek icons. So everybody out there listening, seriously, listen, listen, listen. Guys, seriously. Let us know your Star Trek icons. Tell us on Twitter at PromTrekPod. We'd like to know. Seriously, talk to us. Don't don't leave Heather hanging here. Give us a tweet, (laughs) PromTrekPod. Twitter is still alive. I know the last time we recorded, we weren't sure how long Twitter was going to still be alive, but Twitter is still alive, so tweet at us. Let's let's try and have some good conversations on Twitter while we still can, guys. So let us know your icons of Star Trek at Star Tre- at Prom Trek Pod. Hey, if you're out there and you watch all Star Trek, the all Star Trek block on Heroes and Icons TV, let us know your Star Trek icons. Because you're watching Star Trek, you get every series, every legacy Star Trek series, six nights a week. So let us know your icons from Heroes and Icons TV at Prom Trek Pod. Let us know. Yep. All right. So let's move into new business, Heather. And we've got, if I'm not mistaken, three episodes of Star Trek Prodigy to catch up with, don't we? We sure do. Let's just get started with episode 15, Masquerade, where our intrepid crew is trapped in the neutral zone. And they have none other than the outrageous Okana to help them get out of this jam. What do you think of this, Heather? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm, I've really been enjoying Prodigy lately. Like, the, they are taking us on a ride that's... Wow. It's okay. really picked up. It's yeah. really picked up. Yeah. Business has picked up, as JR would say. Definitely. Um, 
But Masquerades was really cool because we found out uh, Dal's or origins. Uh, so where Dal actually came from, um, he, he's basically an augment uh, created by students of Dr. Noonien Sung. Um, of course, it's of course it's connected to the Sung family. Of course, um, but yeah, so it, it that's interesting, um, definitely. Uh, and he has kind of a really bad reaction to that. Um, I think ultimately because he wanted to find a family and he wanted to uh, feel a part of something, and now he discovers that he was just kind of an experiment. And a mistake, and that's probably why he got thrown away, and and that makes him feel kind of bad. And, and I, I, Dal is not one of my favorite characters, but I really felt for him in this episode and what what he was feeling. And so uh, he meets this scientist on the space station that they stop at, and he's feeling a little insecure, especially because uh, everybody loves how cool and sassy Okuna is. Um, so he gets this implant, which is supposed to help uh, change and en- enhance his his genes. And it, it ends he up... Did, and he didn't listen to Hologram Janeway when she said, <laughs> if it sounds too good to be true, it probably, probably is. is. Yeah. Always listen to Hologram Janeway. Okay. But yeah, so he ends up like really morphing into the different parts of the different alien species that are in his genome while they're running away from the Tal Shiar at the same part time uh, who's who's trying to get the protostar in their ship and uh, we find out Murph is freaking awesome at kicking people's ass so <laughs> love that part too uh, did you catch the cameo from Admiral Edward Jellico? Um, I did, and pretended to yes. ignore that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. No, okay. I, I, as I put this when I was talking to someone online, um, Ronnie Cox is fantastic at playing an asshole, and Jellico is one of those assholes. So, yeah. But it was a, it counts as a Star Trek cameo that people would know and recognize, just like O'Connor. So this episode had a lot of really legacy Star Trek references, which is really cool. It mentioned the Tal Shiar, it had O'Connor, it had Admiral Jellicoe. This had a little bit of everything for legacy Star Trek. And it, it really shows you, as Prodigy has gone on, they're really showing a lot of love to Star Trek as a whole and as a franchise. And I just think that's really cool that, that they continue to show this. Uh, Heather, also, this episode had a bit of a plot twist at the end. Okay, so that reveal at the end really floored me. It, uh, um, I, I was not expecting that. It floored me. To have it revealed that um, the ensign on uh, the Dauntless with Vice Admiral Janeway is actually um, a member of the Diviner's race. Um, 
I, I, I'm blanking on names here, so forgive me for uh, that. The Solemn. But the Solemn, yes, I believe yes, they're called. Yes, is, is a member of the Solemn. And uh, yeah, no, that, that reveal floored me. Um, but I love the history that we get in the next episode. Segway. Right we there. do. Next episode, episode 16. I believe this one was called The Unwanted. If memory mm. serves me right. No. Preludes, preludes, preludes. preludes. Yes. That's what they that's what they called the kids of the Proto Star when they were looking for them. The unwanted. Uh so this episode, uh, we have a betrayal, and we have backstories, and we have we have even a reveal from the diviner. We get to see a lot more into the history of all of the characters on this show and I really, really liked this episode a lot. I loved Zero's story. I even liked Jenkin Pog's story. <laughs> and I loved the fact that we finally got some history on the Diviner and why he's in the position that he's in. Usually with villains, we don't get a lot of history or backstory, but now we did. And... I don't know if he necessarily has a, a just cause because villains always in their minds seem to be right. I don't know if his was so was so clear. I don't know if it was just how it was written because they said that Starfleet came to his home planet and then eventually the Solemn ended in a civil war and their planet was devastated and Starfleet didn't help. So he, he wants to take take it out on Starfleet. I don't know if that really held up too well for me, but at least we got some backstory. And we even got some backstory on Rock Talk, which I thought was long, long overdue, Heather. And I, I think as we're both wrestling fans, I think we both had to have an appreciation for Rock Talk's backstory. Okay, I, out of all the backstories that we saw in this episode, I loved it rock talks um yes that that was both it, it, it was incredibly heartwarming in a way uh and i i know that sounds ridiculous considering like she was uh the, she did shows and she was the monster and they, they were the hero but but it it was really wonderful. Um, I, I I loved her backstory and and it it just makes so much sense uh, and it it makes a lot of understanding as to why she is the way she is. Loved it. Heather, mark it down for episode sixty two. Jenkin Pog really redeemed himself for me in this episode. <laughs> he really, really did. You Seeing heard it here, backstory, folks. <laughs> yep, there it is. I admit it. I, I've, I'm starting to come around on Jenkin Pog because in this episode, he showed, one, that he really does have a good heart and that he was willing to sacrifice himself for... 29 other Tellarites that were in cryosleep, one. And two, he showed off his ability to fix things, which, being the engineer, the kids on the Protostar depend on him for. Yeah. So, overall, he, he showed 
pretty much everything you could want from a guy. And yeah, okay, Jankum Pog, you're not so bad. You're not so bad after all. Jankum Pog can fix it. And okay, I admit it. He's not that bad. Yeah, no, his was definitely interesting and redeeming backstory for him, too. There was something from this episode that was really funny to me when the Diviner was talking about his story and when they brought up Gwyn, his daughter, and he talked about how Gwen was fine until... And right before they went to a break, he said, she met a boy. And for whatever reason, I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. It's like, of course, she met a boy that sent him the wrong way. And now it's it's teenage rebellion against her father. And and for whatever reason, that just cracked me up the way she, the, way the diviner said it. She <laughs> met a boy. <laughs> and, you know, when you hear that, it's like, oh, of course, that's how it happened. And... Yeah. I just, for whatever reason, that cracked me up. I don't know why. But it, we even find out in this episode a little bit as to what happened with Chakotay and the crew of the Protostar, right? We do. We do. Uh, I feel like, is it just me or has the issue of Chakotay and what happened to him kind of been put to the wayside. Not necessarily as a bad thing, just because there are so many other things happening that until this moment here, it was almost kind of forgotten about. I, you know, I, I, I feel like it has been put to the wayside a little bit and I'm okay with that because <laughs> there's a lot of other things going on. Um, I'm wondering and, and, and like I said, we haven't talked about episode 17 yet, but I get the sense, especially because episode 17 was focused on the crew of the Protostar. Um, I'm wondering if episode 18 will be very much focused on what was happening on the Dauntless uh, during episode 17, because the way uh, this episode ended with uh, Janeway walking in on them and getting knocked over the head. Um, it, it, it feels like something major went down on the Dauntless during episode 17, and we didn't see any of that because we were all trapped in the holodeck on the Protostar. So I feel like they're going to do a, a, a split thing and we will hopefully see whatever major happened on the Dauntless that will be the focus of episode 18. And until then, we'll talk about episode 17, Ghost in the Machine. Heather, we have another holodeck episode in Star Trek Prodigy. As I've said, Star Trek Prodigy does so many little things as tributes to legacy Star Trek. You really get the sense that the Hagman brothers really get it and they really appreciate Star Trek for what it is. So this episode, Ghost in the Machine, I enjoyed the heck out of it. We got a full-on holodeck episode, and it had a little bit of everything. It had a detective moment, uh, like TNG. It had a moment where the safety protocols were disabled, which always happens in holodeck episodes. 
It had an old jazz club like DS9. Uh, it had a black and white film noir moment, and it even had it even had the old pirate ship, the nautical ship, like from the movies. It, this had everything from the holodeck episodes, all put into one episode of Star Trek Prodigy, and I just thought that this was just a brilliantly written episode. How they had the holodeck scenes and the chase and the mystery of the skeleton key and the twist at the end as to how it happened and who who's who was behind it all i just thought that this was a really great episode yeah you know this, i i really enjoyed this episode i i think it was another episode a lot like 16 where we got to see dive more into the the insights of each of these characters and what they would use the holodeck for in their free time because you got to see the different programs that they use to relax or enjoy on their free time on the holodeck so that that was really cool that that was incorporated all into the story um Murph likes once, to sing. Yeah. Once again, we get another twist at the end. Um, but I, I think that works really well because we forget the late, like, especially with everything else going on, you forget that there is a huge weapon on this ship that is designed to uh, like has, has its own agenda and is designed to destroy Starfleet. And you forget that hologram Janeway is actually a part of the ship. You know, as as much as even throughout Star Trek, we've learned to see holograms as their own entities and their own, like, you absolutely, I know I did. I completely forgot that hologram Janeway is connected to the ship. And so it makes sense that there are, things written into her in order to do bad things like the living construct once once to um so yeah i really love this episode as well yeah it was really really great we found out that the living construct actually manipulated hologram janeway into keeping the crew of the proto star inside the holodeck because they were planning on not reaching out to Starfleet, but the living construct had other plans. And now we move on. We'll see what happens with episode 18. We're near the end of the first season. And I got to say, Heather, it's from about episode 12 on. This has really picked up and been really, really good. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it has... It, it it's been crazy for lack of a better word it, the the story has been really really good and i honestly i don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season i really don't but that's what i love about it um i i don't want a story that's kind of predictable and i can kind of see what's where it's going i i have no idea where the story is going and and that's the most exciting part about it yeah neither do i uh, we're really along for the ride with the crew of the Proto Star, where we're all just kind to trying to see how this will end. And like you said, that's the best kind of way to have a show where you're excited for the next episode. 
I'm definitely excited to see how season one concludes. What's going to happen with the protostar? What's going to happen with the living construct? How will Janeway and the Dauntless deal with the Diviner on their ship? There's a lot of stuff going on that they'll have to at least try to wrap up in three se- in three episodes. We know that there is a season two and potentially a season three on the way, but you gotta imagine that this is the next three episodes are really gonna be exciting. Yeah. You know what the most exciting thing is? After these three episodes, we have a month-long break from New Stark. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Another trip through the expanse. <laughs> oh man. It'll be kind of nice though. <laughs> It'll be kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. I'll, I'll find some other things to watch. Yeah, Sonic Prime's coming, so I'll have other things to watch. I'll be fine. We won't be totally lost in the Expanse. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the Expanse today because earlier today I was watching Enterprise. I watched a few episodes of Enterprise earlier today. Speaking I, I of did the not Expanse, watch the... you can watch the yeah. TV show Expanse if you haven't watched it. Very good. You know, I tried. I gave season one a shot. I watched season one and it just didn't grab me. I've had a couple of people. You got to force yourself through season one. Once you get to season two, it gets a lot better. You got to force yourself through season one. Okay. Okay. I can do that. I can... I can give season one another shot and I'll go through season two. You, you're saying season two is when it kicks in? Yeah, yeah. Season one, it's it's season one starts out really slow. Um, okay. About okay. halfway th- towards the end of season one, beginning of season two is when it gets a lot better. And what, once, if you are not hooked by the end of season two, then it's not going to hook you. But it, okay. Okay. you'll be hooked by the end of season two and then the rest of it is fantastic. All right, I'll let you know. I'll give it a try. Uh, as of this moment, I'm still in between, in between jobs, so I'll let you know. I'll I'll give the expanse a start very very soon. So I have two shows to watch now. So JVZ, if you're out there listening, I'm going to give the expanse another shot. So there you go. Let's jump into upcoming business now, Heather. As we mentioned at the top, we were at GalaxyCon in Columbus, and one of the guests there was none other than Two Takes Jonathan Frakes himself. And <laughs> you went to his you went to his panel on Sunday, I believe. Yes. And I, I don't know if anybody else has heard this or not, but he and the cast of The Next Generation are going to be on season three of Star Trek Picard. I don't know if that news is broken. <laughs> and I... And I guess he has some things to say. Well, uh, okay. Jonathan Frakes always has things to say. That's one thing everyone should know about Jonathan Frakes is that he loves to talk about what he's doing uh, to the point. They Even have though to- he's, he, he's also the guy that has a t-shirt that says, don't ask me. I signed an NDA. He's that well, guy that's too. Because if you <laughs> ask him, he will tell you no matter what. <laughs> he signed the NDA or not, okay? So, Papa Franks was in his panel, and he was talking about season three of Picard. 
He confirmed in his panel at the Galaxy Con that Riker is in all 10 episodes of season three of Picard. Okay. Riker is in all 10 episodes um, that Uh Riker actually has um, some disagreements and and, uh, different views from Picard, which he he never really had in the next generation. So there's a little bit of conflict there. Um, he also talked about the crossover between Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks, which Jonathan Frakes directed that episode. Oh. Uh, and he said it is a full out comedy. Yes. <laughs> and you will laugh your ass off. Yes. So, I, I, I mean, I no major ground-shaking news. Uh, no one from CBS or Paramount coming to, you know, attack Jonathan Frakes after he signed his many NDAs. Uh, but, yeah, no, he, he he loves Star Trek and he loves talking about the things that's going on, especially right now. So, um, he, he lets a few things slip. So I, I think the, the news that Riker is in all 10 episodes is big news, you know, because uh, we know we were going to see the TNG cast in season three of Picard. We didn't know exactly how much they were going to be involved. So knowing he's going to be in all 10 episodes is, is pretty big news. And, and knowing that we get to see a different side of them that, you know, Picard is not really their their cat. They respect Picard, but you know, in, in season three, they get to have differences and and different views and different feelings, and and um, don't blindly follow him. I would think uh, it, it is some interesting news. Uh, he did also mention, and I think this has been confirmed before, but uh, Jordy's family is in season three of Picard. So mm-hmm. uh, Jordy has two daughters. Um, LeVar mm-hmm. Burton's actual daughter is playing one of his daughters in the show. And right. he Lisa mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah, he mentioned that uh, Worf is a very different Worf. Yes. Uh, I know in the trailer, they made the point to say that Worf is a pacifist now. Mm. So that could be a part of it. Yeah. I guess after the Dominion War, he's decided to chill out a little bit. Yeah. So, but okay. uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's some, some good info. Yeah, good info and good news coming off of Papa Freaks. <laughs> All right, two takes Freaks. That's what they call him in the business because he always gets things done in two takes. Okay, I think that pretty much covers it. I think that's all we've got, Heather. Uh, everyone out there listening, thank you so much for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast. We are available everywhere you get your podcast, just about every two weeks or so. I like to spread it out a little bit, give you some time to listen, digest, just about every two weeks. You can follow me on Twitter at CallMeDJM, if you like. You can follow Heather, you should, at NerdyGal33, and never apologize for being nerdy. She's great. Give her a follow. And again, the podcast here is at Prom Trek Pod. Talk to us. We don't bite, or at least Heather doesn't. 
Okay. Until next time, everybody, live long and kick it.